With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and... Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, a joint podcast from the China Project and Caixin Global. We bring you the most critical business and finance news from China. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast, part of the China Project. On this week's episode, Indian authorities have arrested four people with alleged links to a money laundering case involving Chinese phone maker Vivo, and China is set to sell a record level of yuan sovereign debt offshore. Plus, China's clean energy car export bonanza attracts scrutiny. Let's jump right in. China exported more than 90,000 new energy passenger cars in September, more than double the amount shipped in the same month last year. But the country's ever-growing clout in overseas markets has brought scrutiny from international regulators. The EU recently announced an investigation into Chinese government subsidies for its electric vehicle industry, while the U.S. already imposes a hefty tariff on imports of Chinese EVs. The anti-subsidy probe could see the EU follow suit. More on EVs, EV carmaker NIO and car manufacturer Geely are integrating smartphones with their cars. NIO recently launched its own phone, simply called NIO Phone, which can unlock car doors, control air conditioning, and respond to voice commands using AI. Whereas Geely is linking smartphones with one of its plug-in hybrid cars. Chinese automakers are rolling out an array of these novel features as they try to gain an edge in the country's extremely competitive market. While about 60% of global sales of EVs and hybrids are in China, there are more than 100 car makers vying for a slice of that demand. In other news, Indian authorities have arrested four individuals allegedly in connection with an anti-money laundering crackdown on the local operations of Chinese smartphone maker Vivo. Authorities allege that Vivo intentionally mischaracterized imported components in order to evade import duties that total more than 20 million rupees, equal to around $240 million. The arrested include a Chinese national and three Indians. Vivo is one of multiple Chinese firms caught in the crosshairs of growing geopolitical tensions between Beijing and New Delhi. Last year, Indian authorities seized funds from Xiaomi after they found that the company moved money out of India by falsely claiming it was for patent fee payments. Huawei and Oppo have also faced tax evasion probes. 
Chinese phone makers have a significant presence in India. Vivo, for example, ranked second in India's smartphone market in the second quarter. Now, for financial news. China is on track to sell a record amount of yuan-denominated sovereign bonds offshore this year. The tally is set to reach over 50 billion yuan, the highest amount since China issued its first offshore yuan sovereign note in 2009. The move is intended to bolster the yuan by raising demand for the currency and tightening its supply offshore. As one analyst said, given that the offshore government debt pool is small, boosting the flow of offshore yuan will help achieve China's long-term goal of internationalizing the currency. A steady supply of offshore yuan sovereign notes should also help build a pricing benchmark for corporate borrowers. Staying with the financial markets, China's sovereign wealth fund has snapped up shares in the country's big four lenders in an effort to boost their value. The fund bought almost 500 million yuan worth of stock in the four banks based on their Wednesday closing prices. It plans to continue purchasing shares over the next six months. China's benchmark CSI 300 index has declined more than 5% this year, with financial stocks down 1.5%. With a gloomy outlook, some Chinese economists have called on the government to establish a fund for stabilizing stock prices. Lastly, over to the tourism sector. China's Golden Week generated bumper tourism revenue this year, but it still only inched past pre-pandemic levels as muted consumer sentiment continues to weigh on the economy. The number of people traveling was up more than 70% compared with last year, and spending was up nearly 130%. But compared with 2019, there was just a 1.5% increase in travel and 4% growth in spending. The numbers fell short of the government's own projections as an ailing property sector and weak consumer confidence continue to drag on growth. However, the data from Golden Week show that consumption is slowly recovering and looks like it will continue improving at a modest pace. Let's turn now to Caixin Global's Kelsey Chung for a deeper dive into one of the week's big stories, and this week we'll focus on one of China's top three EV startups, NEO. Hello, Kelsey, and welcome back to the show. Thank you, Kaiser. It's always a pleasure. So today, as I said, we are focusing on NEO. Uh, now, as I understand, NEO entered the industry when it was still, you know, a budding little startup and rode the wave of demand all the way to the near, near to the top. But now it's going through a bit of a slump, yeah? Yes, that's right. Contrary to its two other main rivals, Li Auto and Xpeng, NEO mainly targets the premium segment and was the top brand by sales of the three in 2020. But it hasn't been growing fast enough in the face of growing competition in the EV space. In the second half of last year, its monthly delivery volume stagnated at around 10,000 units. The trend continued into this year. This prompted company founder William Lee to say in April that if monthly sales remained the same level, he and co-founder Qing Lihong would have to start looking for jobs elsewhere. But sales worsened for April and May, with factors such as product upgrades causing monthly deliveries to plummet to below 7,000 units. This weighed on market sentiment as reflected in the New York-listed company's stock price. That doesn't sound good, especially 
with the auto price war that was going on then. Uh, so how did the company deal with that situation? Yes. So to combat challengers eating away at its market share, New has shifted strategies to prioritize sales and to boost production. From July, it began incorporating order conversion rates into performance assessments and raising commissions for sales staff to boost incentives. It also eliminated the position of product expert at stores, giving those responsibilities to sales personnel in order to cut costs. As for production and delivery, Neo has made various changes to streamline the process, including efforts to make the delivery period as short as possible. And I understand it was holding out on cutting prices on its cars while everyone else jumped in. Yes, that's right, Kaiser. Neo was late to act in the price war, but ultimately rolled out price incentives. In June, the firm reduced the starting prices of its entire vehicle lineup by thirty thousand yuan. Or by around four thousand U.S. dollars. So, how did that work out for Neo? Thankfully, they worked. In July, Neo hit a significant milestone by delivering over twenty thousand units for the first time. The company also re-entered the top ten list for NEV sales by domestic passenger car manufacturers, securing a three point two share of the market in July. And just for reference, Li Auto had a higher market share at 5.3%, while Xpeng didn't make the list. So I assume that the next step or the next focus for the company is just to keep that momentum going. Yes, and the firm has set ambitious targets. CEO William Li said in August that the firm has been expanding its sales capabilities in hopes of stabilizing monthly deliveries at above 20,000 units starting in the fourth quarter. Before eventually reaching monthly sales of thirty thousand vehicles, earlier that month, the firm rolled out several limited-time purchase incentives, including coupons for battery replacements and discounted prices for home charging stations. Yeah, that that was some strong turnaround for Neo, it seems. But do you think that is enough? Well, honestly, the EV landscape in China is getting more and more intense. While sustaining year-on-year growth, Neo's August deliveries dropped to around nineteen thousand vehicles, and again in September to around sixteen thousand. If we look at the figures alone, at the same time, Li Auto is planning to release its pure EV at the end of this year with a price point of about five hundred thousand yuan, placing it in direct competition with Neo in the premium EV market. Meanwhile, Xpeng has partnered with auto giant Volkswagen to develop two EVs under the Volkswagen brand specifically for the Chinese market. Oof, that sounds pretty rough for Neo, but I guess good developments for consumers all around.、Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And thank you, Kelsey, for for all of that.、Uh, and、uh, looking forward to having you on again soon. You're most welcome, Kaiser. Talk next time. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Taishin Seneca Business Brief was produced by Kaiser Guo and by Lin Jinbing, Madeline McDonald, and Jonathan Breen at Taishin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Taishin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Seneca Network, like the amazing China in Africa podcast and the China Global South podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Access from the China Project. Again, thanks for listening. See you next week. Take care.